Lord willing, over the course of uh, these next uh, couple of months in preparation to reflect upon uh, not only uh, the death of our Lord, but also his resurrection, we'll be focused on that through these various feasts and festivals, which is the reason God gave them. For that is their focus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the purpose that they were given to the people of old so that they might see them as signs and shadows of that which was to come in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Sabbath, however, stands a little bit different than that. For these uh, other feasts and festivals have come and gone. Christ has fulfilled them all. Even though Christ, we would say, is also the fulfillment of the Sabbath, the Sabbath stands for a much longer tradition not just in the context of the nation of Israel, but that which precedes and that which follows as well. And so uh, it's going to take us a couple of Lord's Days to simply deal with the Sabbath as a day, and we'll deal with the fact that it's the Sabbath uh, as the year of Jubilee, and then the Sabbath year, and then come back to the various other feasts and festivals that the Lord gave to his people. Let's look then this morning and hear the breathed out word of God to you and to me this morning as well. Even as he breathed it out and uttered it to his people in the Old Testament. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocations. They are my appointed feast. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. As far the reading of God's word to us, let's again bow in prayer. Shall we pray? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just praise you that in your wisdom you set this day aside, Father, uh, knowing that uh, not only do we need this day, but uh, Father, that uh, this is a day when we can especially open your word. And we just pray that you'll be with Pastor Bob as he brings this word this morning. Open our hearts and minds that we will not leave this place unchanged, Father, but have that taste of that eternal Sabbath that you have prepared for us. And we just thank you and praise you for, uh, for this congregation, um, for the word that's being brought this morning, Father. Bless it to our hearts. In the precious name of our Savior alone we pray. Amen. Amen. So we want to look at three things this morning and then follow it up with uh, a couple of other points uh, next Lord's Day in regards to this Sabbath day. First of all, we want to look at the creational Sabbath, the Sabbath that emerges for us uh, from God in his work of creation. Secondly, the redemptive Sabbath, which is what we read from in the Exodus chapter 20. Brother Mark read from Deuteronomy chapter 5, I believe, last Lord's Day, both which set the context of observing the Sabbath in redemption. And then we'll come back to this passage in Leviticus, which sets for us the sanctified Sabbath. So we have the creational Sabbath, the redemptive Sabbath, and the sanctified Sabbath this morning. And so if you'd keep your finger here at Leviticus 23, let's go back to the book of Genesis. 
chapter 2. Genesis chapter 1, as you are well aware, sets forth God's work of those six days. Genesis chapter 2, although perhaps oddly placed, okay, as a break, it would seem to me much more logical to have made the break at verse 4, but that's uh, once again the, the intervention of human uh, editors and so on. So if we were to read through, it would be end of 31, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. I want to make three notes in regards to this creational Sabbath. This Sabbath that occurs at the end of this first week. The first point is this. It's the seventh day. It's the seventh day. God gives to us then a pattern of six days of work six days of labor, and one day of rest. But there is more for us to dig into. As a church, as a congregation that believes very strongly in God's work of creation, that believes strongly that God accomplished that work in seven 24-hour days, what then is the seventh day? It's the same notation, the sixth day, the fifth day. What is the seventh day? How long is this seventh day? What's the obvious answer? The obvious answer is it's 24 hours. It's not like suddenly we had six days of 24 hours. Now we come to the seventh day and oh, we forget all about time. God notes this day in his word as this is the seventh day. The seventh day of time. The seventh day that time has been created and given to the earth. And that seventh day is also a 24-hour day. You say, Pastor Bob, why are you emphasizing that? Because in today's realm, the seventh day is like three hours. Or maybe we'll give God four hours. Maybe we'll give God a Sabbath morning. But it is rare in our world today, even in the Christian world, even in the Christian realm, that the Sabbath is understood as also a 24-hour period of time. Today, people think nothing of. Well, you know, I'll go to church in the morning. The afternoon's all mine. I can do whatever I want. The Sabbath is a 24-hour period of time. It's not like, well, you know, I went to church Sunday morning. Now in the afternoon, I can go play a round of golf. In the afternoon, I can go shopping at the mall. In the afternoon, I can take up my work and my labor again. After all, I gave them the morning. 
It's a 24-hour period of time. And I am appalled sometimes. I am appalled by people who, who produce okay, information for us to absorb on that thing we call social media who will talk about, oh, I believe in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week creation. But you talk about their Sabbath? Well, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, we go to church in the morning. I even heard one guy who, who is a strong proponent of that then mention, oh, yesterday after church I was in Lowe's. Makes no sense. No sense. God gave us a Sabbath day. And in Genesis, that means a 24-hour period of time. That is what we are to set aside for the Lord. That is to be our period of rest from all the worldly stuff that would seek to encroach upon our resting in the work of God. The seventh day. Now some of you, if you're a good reader of scripture, will note that there is something missing from this seventh day. That is included on day one, two, three, four, five, and six. Do you see what it is? And there was evening and there was morning the seventh day. Why is that? Well, I'll play one of those pastor's games with you. You've got to come back next week. Because that's a whole other sermon in and of itself. But God has his reason. There, there is a reason that that is not added. It's not like, oh, Moses forgot to write down that portion of it. No, God didn't want him to write down that there was an evening and a morning. And God has very good reason and very good purpose that that designation wasn't. Yet he holds to the seventh day. Just like the sixth day, fifth, and so on. Secondly, I want you to note that God blessed this seventh day. He blessed it. He gave it a particular position. That's what to bless means. When we receive the blessing of God, when we receive that benediction, we are in a special position. There are others who are not coming out of, under that blessing. The people of the world, unbelievers, they're not receiving that blessing. But you and I, as God's people are, we're receiving a favored position in God. And that's why we don't read that the first day was blessed, the second, third, but the seventh day, God blessed. God lifts it up. God gives to this day an exclusive position, a place of honor. Unique goodness is to be found in this particular day. The seventh day, he blessed it and he made it holy. He made it holy. There in the middle of verse 3. To make holy means to consecrate, to set apart, to sanctify. He takes it from the ordinary, which is allowable and acceptable. God is making no claim and saying, making no judgment. Hey, to work is bad. He's not saying that. But what he is saying is that this day, this Sabbath, is, is a unique day. 
And it is to be treated with the utmost respect. It is to be treated in a way that sets it apart from the usual things of life that we might otherwise lawfully, joyfully engage in. The point to make as well is that this is before Sinai. Since creation, God has set apart the Sabbath as a day to keep holy. As a day that that Adam and Eve, as a day that their family, their children, as a pattern that, that mankind as a whole was to set aside as a unique day. A holy day. Now God comes with his law from Mount Sinai. So let's look at point two. The redemptive Sabbath. Go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 20. We'll we'll limit it just to Exodus 20. We could find the same points being made in Deuteronomy chapter 5. But we'll limit it for the sake of time to Exodus chapter 20. 20. Now notice how Exodus chapter 20 starts. I'm the Lord your God and I want you to be saved. I know that you're dirty, polluted sinners. And I know you're a horrible, wretched people. And if you want to earn my favor, then listen. I am the Lord your God. Have no other gods before me. And maybe, maybe I'll grant you some forgiveness. And, and then make no graven images, you know. And if you don't do that, maybe you'll get some forgiveness for all your sin. And, and if you keep my day holy, and if you honor my name, and if you don't kill, then maybe, maybe, maybe then I'll rescue you out of Egypt. Maybe then I'll rescue you from your sin. That's the way it starts, right? That's Exodus chapter 20. Earn your salvation. The law is, is a part of the covenant of works. It's like, hmm, no, Pastor Bob, that's not right. That's not the way it reads. What is it part of then? It's a part of God's covenant of grace. Why? Because he's already saved them. He's already redeemed them. He's already restored them. Look at the opening. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. I've already saved you. I already have accepted the blood of that Passover lamb on your doorpost. I have already brought you out with my mighty hand. That picture for us that's going to come up when we study that that Passover. That picture for us of, of God's rescuing us from the bondage of our sin. It's not just a rescue from Egypt. It's a rescue from the fact that they have not been the people of God and they're becoming God's people because of the work of Christ, because of his election of them even before the foundations of the world. They're not earning their salvation. They're not earning God's favor. They're not earning God's grace. They're not earning God's mercy. They've already received it. They've already been given it. 
You're standing there at Mount Sinai in complete freedom. Pharaoh and all his hosts are drowned. There's, there's nobody following them. There's nobody going to put them in shackles. All that work and hard labor, all that crying out to the Lord, rescue us, rescue us. God has reached down with his work of redemption, with his work of salvation, and has saved them. That's the context in which the law regarding the Sabbath day is given. God saved us, people. Why should I keep the Sabbath day? Why shouldn't I? God saved me. God's rescued me. And you notice now what happens, right? When we come down to verse 8 of Exodus chapter 20. God now says, listen. Seeing I've rescued you and saved you, there's no longer a need for a Sabbath. We can just throw that away. You're my people. You've been restored. You're there at Mount Sinai. You're freedom. You're on the way to Israel. You can do what you want now. It's okay. I, I'm abolishing the Sabbath day. I'm, I'm ruling the Sabbath day out. That, that was something that was only there for creation and, and for that time from creation till now. But, but now, you know, see, I, I'm, I'm going to do something different. Now, notice what God says, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day. That's his call. Remember it. Remember? Remember what? What, what are they called to remember? He hasn't given them the law yet. Remember the Sabbath day. He hasn't said anything. It's not like that was back in verse 4. And now he's saying, hey, remember a few verses ago I told you about the Sabbath. He's saying, remember. Remember what? Remember Genesis 2. Remember creation. Remember that I gave this to you as part of creation. Not as part of of your redemption, not as part of your earning your salvation. I gave this to you even before I called you to Mount Sinai. I gave this to mankind. I gave this to the animals. I gave this to the whole of creation. Remember. The word remember here means to be mindful of. To be mindful to be thinking about what is this day all about? What does this day mean? God in Exodus chapter 31 is going to tell the people of Israel that the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant. It's the sign of my relationship of redemption with you. That sign that says, I have saved you. As my people, remember it. Remember it. So as we go through this commandment, what is God making clear? What is it that, that God is bringing to the forefront in this commandment? I want you to cease from your work. I want you 
to stop your work. I, I don't want you to work. I don't want your servants to work. I don't want your employees to work. I don't want your machinery, your equipment, your animals to work. I want everything to cease. I want it to stop. That's my desire. For what purpose? That you might remember that I have redeemed you. I want you to stop working so you can remember my work. You can remember what I have done. The word Sabbath, actually in the Hebrew, in its verb form, means to cease. The very word comes to us as a ceasing. Stop. Don't do it anymore. End it. Call it to call it quits. As we rest in the fullness of the work of God. And, and, and for the Old Testament people, that, that was to remember what God did in creation, but also to remember that God had led them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. For us, it just builds, doesn't it, as God's people? It's not only to remember God's work of creation. It's not only to remember God's work of redemption in saving the people of Israel out of Egypt. It's for you and I to remember that upon the cross, Christ finished his work his active, his passive obedience, his work done for your and my salvation. This is the day. This is the day for us to put everything else aside and to focus and to reflect upon that which Christ has done for us. And God gives us an entire day to do that. Throughout the week, what do we get? We get moments. We get snatches. We get pieces of time. We get to, as it were, steal a few moments here, a few moments there. But on the Sabbath, we, we might continually rest in that which God has done for us. See, it takes away all the legalism of this day. Takes away all that nitpicky stuff. Because if we're only mindful of, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Our whole purpose is wrong. The whole, the whole mindset is wrong if that's what we're worried about. If we would just take this day that God has given to us as a Sabbath to reflect upon Christ's work. All those other questions go away real quick. Real quick. To focus us on Christ. His redeeming work. Not in ourself. Not in our efforts. Not in that which we do. That's why he wants us to cease. That's why he wants it to end. So that we do not think in any small way that we have anything to do with saving ourselves. Cease. End it.
Stop thinking you're holier than thou. Stop thinking you're holy because of what you're doing. Remember, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. A whole day to dwell upon the sweetness of Christ's love for us. Why would we cheapen it? Why would we shortchange ourselves? Why, why would we want to somehow take away from our own hearts, our own souls, our own lives, the bounty, the feast of Christ for us? I would think our desire, our passion would be more, more, more. There's going to come a time in Israelite history when one of the prophets is going to come to them and say, you know, one of your problems is, as my people, is that you're begging for the Lord's day to end. You can't wait for it to end so you can get about your busy, busy lives. It ought to be. Lord, expand this, expand this, expand this. And oh, my friends, he is going to expand it. That's next Sunday. Thirdly, there is a sanctified Sabbath. That's where we find it in the book of Leviticus. This book, okay, that we have been studying, that, that we have been going through painstakingly, is about holiness. It's about sanctification. Where the holiness that's by the Lamb of God, the holiness... Because God has made us holy. I am the Lord your God who sanctifies you. He doesn't give us Leviticus once again as a means to be sanctified. He gives us Leviticus because we are sanctified. Because he, by his grace, that's what sanctification is. It is the work of God's free grace. It's not my work. It's the work of God's grace in our lives that gives us, as we said a few weeks ago, that desire, that passion to, to, as it were, cooperate with God, to go along with God, to seek what God would have us seek. And here in Leviticus chapter 23, God says, in your passion, in your desire, seek my day. Seek my Sabbath. Seek it. This, this goes along with our sanctity. I've sanctified you. There, there ought to be a holy appetite for this day. As the hymn writer says, day of all the week, the best emblem of our eternal rest. And so as we think about this book, in which this, we are now looking in chapter 23. We, we think about it in the context, not so much of, of law in that respect, but in sense of our sanctification. How do we as sanctified people, as a holy people, how do we live? How does God desire for us to live? And notice what he says. Six days, verse 3, shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. 
Now, what does the word convocation mean? What what is that? It's It's a holy convocation. God's telling them they have to do something on this day. God's telling them this is a day for a purpose. It's a day for a holy convocation. A convocation is an assembly. God is saying, on this day, I want you to assemble. On this day, I want you to come. On this day, and and the word convocation comes with it as, as the idea of authority, a summons, a call. A call not just like, oh, I'd really like you to show up. This is God saying, come, 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 my people. Come and gather. Come and assemble for a reading. Come and assemble so that you might hear me speak. That's what the Sabbath is given as part of a sanctified Sabbath. That wasn't mentioned before. Right? Now it is. I want you to come. I want you to assemble. Lord, what are we to do on this day? Yeah, we, 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 we rest. We cease from work. Okay. We, we just supposed to nap all day? No, no, no. I want there to be a holy convocation. And then notice he adds the word holy. It's a holy convocation. It's not just an assembly. You assemble all sorts of purposes and reasons. Right? The rowing team might want to assemble. Right? The, the racing team might want to assemble. Uh, the political action group might want to assemble. God says, no, 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 no. This is to be a holy convocation. A sacred assembling of those who are called to be holy. Those who are my holy people, they are the ones who are to gather. The one who makes us holy. It's not therefore a gathering of, for day-to-day purposes, but a summons by the Lord God to hear him speak as his people. This, this is what God calls us to. This is what God says, don't, 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 not your work. Now cease from that and come, come as my people. Come and gather. Come and gather in my presence. Come and gather in my house. Come and gather, as we will hear tonight from Timothy, as my household. I, as your father, want to spend time with you. I want to love on you. I want to be with you. I want to be near you. I want to be close to you. Come. Come. To a holy convocation. That the Lord. Our God. Calls us to. Not so we earn his favor. He already loves us. He already loved on us in Christ but he wants to love on us with his presence. Come. Father, thank you. 
What a tremendous blessing this is. We hear the roar of this world. We see how our society around us treats this day as like any other day. It's market day. It's shopping day. It's leisure day. It's recreation day. It's my day. And out of the midst of all of that, you call us as your people. And you say to us, no, no. This is the Lord's day. This is a Sabbath to the Lord our God. Thank you. Thank you for loving us so much in Christ that now that you've saved us, you want to be with us. You want to bless us. You want us to hear you. And you want to hear us rejoicing in you. What a day you've blessed us with. In Christ, we thank you. And God's people say, amen.